Have you ever looked up at the sky expecting to see the usual commercial jetliner flying high above, but instead were slightly surprised by a much smaller prop plane? Maybe you've even flown in one or wondered what it would be like. It might be nice to get away from the hustle and bustle of the major airports with long lines to go through TSA, along with the hassle of being packed in a plane like sardines with the usual annoyances like a crying baby on board. But some are a little frightened to get into these smaller prop planes when given the opportunity. They certainly have a noisier takeoff and also have a reputation of being more dangerous, though many experts would refute that. These same worried thoughts were embedded in 16-year-old Autumn Veach's head when she boarded her step-grandfather's prop plane on July 11th of 2015. It was only her second time ever flying, and she was certainly a little nervous. Her step-grandfather, Leland Bowman, who she'd spent the week with, was a pilot, and he figured flying Autumn back home to Bellingham, Washington from Kalispell, Montana would make things a little more exciting than taking such a long drive. There was some cause for concern, however. Shortly before boarding the plane along with Bowman's wife, Sharon, Bowman had received a report warning of inclement weather. The report specifically cautioned against flying in high terrain if obscured by clouds. Leland, along with Sharon and Autumn, waited it out, but after realizing that it wasn't going to clear up, Leland made the executive decision that they were prepared for takeoff. If I die, remember that I love you, Autumn texted her boyfriend, Newton. It was slightly dramatic, maybe, but also likely meant with a touch of humor as well. Autumn certainly figured that even with a possibly more turbulent flight than anticipated, she'd give Newton a big hug when arriving at the airport with him ready to pick her up along with his mom to drive her back home. She fastened her seatbelt, took a deep breath, and the prop plane took off. Autumn's worries would ease as they would make their way into her home state of Washington. Leland would keep his eyes on Highway 20 below them to guide the way, but the weather was making this more difficult. Though Leland may have dismissed the weather reports, the truth was that he had no real experience flying under any extreme conditions. Leland did his best to keep his cool and ease any anxiety of Sharon and Autumn, but inside, he was beginning to panic. As Autumn looked out the window, no roads or trees were in sight, just clouds blocking all visibility. The only help Leland had to guide him was Sharon on her iPad reading a map. But to make matters worse, the device had powered off. Sharon let her husband know, telling him through the headset they all had on, and Leland was visibly worried now. Autumn forced her head between her knees as panic filled the plane and did her best to block out the horrifying scenario taking place in real time. Her stomach dropped as the plane took a dive. Nothing, however, could muffle the sounds as the plane violently flew into the forest of trees in the northern Cascades. The terrifying sounds would reach their crescendo as a wing 
broke off the plane. Autumn's headset flew off, along with every other item on the plane flying in midair. Following the chaos, as all control was lost, was the inevitable crash. At that moment, it seemed as though everything had stopped. Disheveled from the mayhem that ensued, but not badly injured, Autumn worked her way out of the debris and immediately needed to see if her step-grandparents made it out alive. Instantly, she heard her step-grandmother's screams of horror and saw her step-grandfather still strapped to his seat and now surrounded by fire. Sharon was beyond her reach, with a blinding amount of fire in front of her. But Leland was a little closer. She grabbed Leland's hand and begged him to unbuckle himself from the seat and to make it out of the fire. She pulled and pulled, but the fire was now burning her own right hand and it was too much to bear. Leland said something to her, but Autumn couldn't seem to make it out. Not long after Leland breathed his last breath, suddenly, the screams coming from her step-grandmother stopped completely. It was apparent that this nightmare was real, and Autumn was now the only survivor of a horrific plane wreck. She was in shock, and it was too much to process what to even do next. Her mind would then revert back to grade school, and watching tons of shows like Man vs. Wild, Survivor Man, and Dual Survivor with her dad. Those shows gave some real-life tips for what to do in situations like these, but Autumn never thought she'd actually be living through something like this herself. As she navigated the area, she saw some small waterfalls, and her instinct told her to follow the water downstream. Her balance was off, though, after being so shaken up, to put it mildly. It was dark, and she felt her foot suddenly slip. Next, she fell right down a ravine. She thought she heard freeway noise, but no luck. It was merely more water. Using her thinking learned from those shows, though she was thirsty, she knew these waters could be contaminated, even if not visible to the naked eye. She decided to drink as little as possible to keep from being dehydrated as time accumulated but to only have what she absolutely needed to live. She had now spent 24 hours in the wild, and the temperature changes from night to day were becoming increasingly hard to bear. During the day, she'd have to strip down to her underwear and tank top, and at times would get in the water to cool off. Under the sun, she'd also dry some of her wet clothing on branches, and later put them back on in order to bundle up as much as possible under such harsh conditions at night. The North Cascades are home to cougars, bobcats, wolverines, and even 600-pound ferocious black bear. One morning, Autumn recalls waking up to the sounds of an animal sniffing her and scratching at her body. Too terrified to even open her eyes, she froze in shock. But luckily, the creature would eventually drift off. She wondered if anyone was even looking for her. Her mind would wander. 
Longtime listeners of In the Wilds may notice a pattern of people stranded playing memories from pop culture back in their head to stay alert and occupied. Like Ricky McGee playing back episodes of The Simpsons in his head while stranded in the outback, told on our 71 Days episode. In Autumn's case, she would sing back songs to herself that she remembered from various movies. She was now nearly two days in, and though various planes would be seen and heard from above by her, they'd keep flying right past the desperate 16-year-old girl that they couldn't see and had no idea needed their help. To make matters worse, she took another fall while trying to navigate where to continue during poor visibility. Autumn knew she had to keep moving despite her body being sore beyond belief and feeling like it was impossible to continue. By this point, she described in interviews feeling certain that she was going to die. The North Cascades span for thousands of miles, covered with trees and mountains. So even if her family had search and rescue teams looking, it would be a major challenge to find her. The weather she was experiencing out there would also add to the challenge. As she continued the tumultuous trek, a sign of hope appeared. It became clear that her instincts were correct in following the water downstream when after days she saw a sign for a trail. Easy Pass Trail, it read. She had to laugh to herself. Easy Pass seemed quite ironic after exiting the trail on the most death-defying experience of her life. Finally, someone would come to her rescue. Or so she thought. Now in the parking area of Easy Pass Trail, she saw some vehicles, but no sign of anyone nearby. So she walked a little further onto the parkway to track down help. As she waited and then waved her hands at the first vehicle in sight, they just drove right past her. Autumn felt like a ghost. Yet another vehicle drove in front of her on the parkway. They made eye contact and still they just continued driving. Several more vehicles would drive by. One lady would even smile at her and wave like she couldn't see the urgency in Autumn's expression. Autumn was losing her faith in humanity. Could they not see that she looked beaten down, tired, in pain, and in desperate need of help? Autumn thought that finding other people would somehow end this nightmare. Her step-grandparents were gone forever, of course but she thought she'd be rushed to the hospital as soon as she encountered anyone driving by. And then, when things couldn't get any worse, the rain started to pour. She was cold, malnourished, and ready to collapse by this point. All she could do was walk back to the parking area, find shelter to stay dry, and wait things out. As she waited, she saw car lights coming toward her, appearing more clear, and then two men coming out to ask if she needed help. I'm the only survivor of a plane crash, she managed to utter. They transported Autumn to Okanagan Douglas Hospital in Brewster, Washington. It had been over two days since the plane crash, and it was still too much to process. Considering what she'd been through, doctors were amazed at her condition. Although she had second-degree burns on her right hand from trying to rescue Leland and her body was bruised and sore, doctors knew she would face a speedy recovery, at least in the physical sense. It was thanks to her smart survival skills. 
Survivor man should be very proud of her, Autumn's father, David Beach, commented when speaking with CBS after seeing his girl alive and well at the hospital, in reference to the many shows they'd watched together. Following the crash, the National Transportation Safety Board's team of federal investigators looked into the probable cause for the fatalities and concluded it was a result of Leland Bowman's inability to fly in clouds and his decision in not heeding the weather report he'd received earlier that day. In 2016, Autumn sat down with author Tara Ellis and gave a full account of what had happened. This led to the release of Getting Out Alive, the Autumn Beach story, which is still available in all book formats. In 2018, however, at the age of 19, Autumn took a turn for the worse. It hit her really hard, David Beach said in an interview commenting on his daughter's state since the crash. She turned to drugs to help medicate herself. We were trying to get her help. She actually had an appointment the following morning and... She didn't make it. Autumn was sent to the hospital in October of that year following a drug overdose. Her heart even stopped at one point, and she spent several days in a coma. Not much is known about Autumn Beach's whereabouts at this time other than that she is alive and has triumphed through more than nearly any of us will ever have to encounter. Her smart thinking is why she survived, and we hope that she has found peace after the years of torment that have followed her from such a gruesome brush with death. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting installment of In the Wild. To hear more captivating stories of real-life survival, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay prepared, because you never know when you may find yourself in the wild.